up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We'll look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I Directly from the Phoenix airport, I'm going to bring in my girl Kate. Kate, good to see you. Thanks, good to see you too, brother. Just hanging out, you know, in the airport. Yeah, for Here like we are. six hours. So for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Peter. Pete, glad to have you with us. Hey, everybody. I got my highball glass and my whiskey to celebrate my favorite cartoon film noir mix. That's fair. That's fair. And last, but certainly not least for this, we've got Steve. Steve, glad to have you with us. Hey, everyone. Hey. Guys, if you've not already, please like, subscribe, share. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere at Plus Platoon. Make sure you're subscribed, as I said, and that way you'll never miss an episode. And we've got a lot of pretty decent ones coming up. So this week, it is the 35th anniversary of this movie. From 1988, it is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? One of only two truly Disney titles that were done under the Touchstone Pictures uh, banner. What's the other one, guys? Ooh. Um, <sighs> one is Nightmare Before Christmas was a Touchstone picture. Oh, okay. Really? Uh-huh. Huh. I didn't Touchstone, know that. Touchstone was Michael Eisner's attempt to get more adult movies so he didn't actually have to have them be Disney making them but this mm. and that were actually branded as Disney were actually uh, publicized as Disney pictures um, interesting some of the touchstone splash uh, sister act was a touchstone Turner and Hooch was touchstone so touchstone was splash kind of the, wasn't Disney splash, splash was touchstone which oh, was I didn't realize that. Disney Splash was the first touchstone picture, I think. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? If you don't know the plot of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, A, you've been living under a little bit of a rock. But <laughs> bottom line, it's a tune and adult mix. Think the Mary Poppins chalk painting scene, but like that's the entire movie. And instead of the adults in the tune world, the tunes are in the adult world. Or a human world. So yeah. there's murder. Um, a character by the name of Roger Rabbit is framed up for the murder. And it's all about how they have to figure out who actually committed all these crimes. So uh, stars Bob Hoskins. It's got Christopher Lloyd in it. This is not the only time he'll be making an appearance this episode, by the way. And um, it's just, it is a classic. I remember seeing, I don't did not see this one in the theaters, but I do remember watching this on, we got the VHS not long after it came out. Um, Pete, Steve, did you guys see this in the theaters? I sure did. I did. Yes. 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 Okay. Kate had not been born yet, or was had just been born. False. I had just been born. Thank you. <laughs> so you might have gone and seen it. Your folks might... <laughs> You might have been driving. You're not out. wrong. You're not Although wrong. Was, yeah. Although with a baby, that's more likely a <laughs> go see the sitter at state night. But <laughs> yes, that. Yes, um, that. So this guys, isn't quite a kids' movie. No, this mm-hmm. is not. This, is very, this would be very scary. I would say ten, eight to ten or older. A very mature eight-year-old, but ten, even yeah. a ten or eleven-year-old, this would be freaky for. Yeah. So, okay. So, 35 years on. Kate, I'm going to start with you on this one. 
What made okay. this such a successful classic? This was the number two box office movie of 1988. Um, this movie was freaking brilliant. This movie was brilliant. It was so well done. The, you know, I'm so glad that we watched the prop culture of this before I watched the movie again. Um, how they got away with having um, all of the Looney Tunes, some of the Looney Tunes characters and Betty Boop and like, you like, you wouldn't see that nowadays. Go ahead, Derek. Well, that's an interesting story because contractually, you'll notice like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse always showed up and were in the same shot for the same amount of time. You'll notice Porky Correct. Pig and Tinkerbell at the end were same shot. Donald and Daffy Duck, same shot, because contractually, in order to use the very well-known Warner Brothers characters, they had to get the same amount of screen time as the famous Disney characters. So that's why you see, that's why you typically saw them in pairs, is because got it. Get enough screen, if anything, they actually gave the Warner Brothers characters just a little bit more screen time. Yeah. So so I, this movie was so far ahead of its time. Like, I feel like if they had dropped to this movie now, it would still be a hit. It would still do well. Um, it didn't feel like, like, I didn't really feel like I was like, oh man, like this, it's so dated. Like, I didn't feel that at all. Um, the animation was dope. The bridge, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't made more movies like this the bridge between the animation and live action was phenomenal. Um, the acting, the main actor was, uh, he had to feel like he was, yeah, he had to feel, I'm sure like he had partially gone insane by the end of making this movie with how much he did with different tunes. Um, the villain, oh my word, he was so scary and was so good. Like so, so good. Um, it, it just, it, it was so great. It was so great. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. By the time it was over, I was like, that's it? Like, it's done? This is so good. It, I would go back and rewatch this movie. I think it has held the test of time. Um, Jessica Rabbit is hilarious. Roger Rabbit is hilarious. Um, my favorite part of the movie that I thought was so it made this movie had me cackling and one of the parts was in he goes no tune can resist a shave and a haircut and so he's like do 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 do, do, do. like and then ready to like that i cackled cackled um it's just so good i could talk about this movie for a long time so i'll i'll throw it down to pete you go <laughs> i yeah I love this movie. If you're a fan of the old Disney and Looney Tunes cartoons, because there's there's definitely a fair amount of um, inspiration, I would say, from both uh, in this movie, because it is at times a very uh, wacky kind of movie. And but it also kind of takes its uh, film noir directed or or, um, detective 1940s roots seriously like it like uh, I think I, yeah yeah but but it like it like takes it takes it does all that stuff with full seriousness and then adds in the wackiness of the of the cartoon characters and it's just it's a mix that maybe shouldn't work but it it just does work the it works anim- perfectly the animation overlay with the um with the live action is so well done. And, you know, Steve mentioned, uh, he mentioned to all of us to like watch the behind the scenes stuff. And I had seen that, but I watched it again and like, yeah, just you, you think about what it took because there's no computer animation here, right? This is all hand drawn. So they, they were taking cells just like the old fashioned, you know, pre <laughs> pre Pixar yeah, animation. Oh, yeah drawing the characters to try to match it up with the the film that they shot and they had to make an entire you know they said there's like 55 minutes of animation in this movie and you know it's it's about 90 minute movie so there are parts that don't have uh 
cartoon characters in them, but not much. So, um, yeah, not much at all. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's tight. I re- I actually remember the first time I saw this movie, the theater I saw it in. Um, you know, I was a I was a freshman in college, and um, you know, I was. St- st- Steven Spielberg was my hero and he executive produced this. Robert Zemeckis had just before this made back to the future. And shortly after this made back to future two and three. Um, I, man, I, so I was really looking forward to this when this came out and I was not disappointed. Uh, I've seen this movie um, a couple dozen times and I still get a kick out of things of seeing things in it. Um, One thing, my, my daughter watched it with me. Uh, she likes the movie a lot too. She's an animation major, but like we both got a real kick out of the, uh, the, they, they pan Eddie's office at one point. They have the different newspaper articles. And one of the, uh, articles is that, uh, uh, he got goofy off of spy charges <laughs> <laughs> and just the idea that goofy was on trial for being a spy is that's that's a movie i want to see so i'll I'll stop now and turn it over to steve um same thing just like kate and pete have said um just the blend of animation and live action is just amazing um i highly recommend going back because i read up on this of the scene when they're in the back room with the swinging lamp and realizing how well they animated that with the lamp going back and forth i thought about it it's done so well you don't even pick up on it that it just seems so natural and flowing right what what part was that i don't remember that's when they're in the back room in the diner and they bump the lamp and the lamp swinging back and forth the entire scene and if you watch roger rabbit they have shadows going across him back and forth the entire time but the lamp the lamp was live action the lamp wasn't animated Yes. And that came from, I guess, Disney animators now have a thing called bump the lamp when you means you're doing that little bit extra to push the animation. Um, got that from wow. behind the ears thing. Um, just all the process. Um, love all, like you said, Pete, the sight gags. There's so much going on that watching it multiple times, you can pick up on little different things and the little nods to Looney Tunes and the old Disney cartoons. Um, Also just really a great story, a great sort of mystery trying to figure out who's behind it. Um, I think it holds up. I mean, there's a few scenes we can talk about the next question, but it still holds up. I didn't feel like I was watching a movie from the eighties when I was watching it this weekend. That's fair. What would you say? That's definitely fair. Um, Kate, you asked why they don't do this anymore is because it was so insanely expensive to animate it that way. Because, again, they would literally take like so they filmed everything. They took each frame of film and would draw the cell, then lay the cell on the film and then create a new, basically take a picture of that. So Whoa. just and just some of those things, some of the the we've talked about it, but the physical tie-in to the real world, like, I remember watching something with, uh, when Roger's in the sink, and the thing that, that has to pop up and squirts out the water, and then goes back down in, and, I mean, Baby Herman's cigar, when he's in that, that stroller, is just <laughs> one of those where it's... Again, the visuals on this, especially the visuals when there are tunes on scene, are amazing. Um, some of the, I mean, the running inside joke of who'd want to, why would you need a car in LA? Public transit's great. No one's ever going to build a freeway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that That whole running gag was great. Uh, as Pete said, it really reminded me of the some of the old um, Humphrey Bogart um, commercials. Remind me of when, oh, Humphrey Bogart, like uh, Maltese Falcon, and all those different movies. Also, remi- Bob Hoskins until like right close to the very end reminded me of how Michael Caine played in Muppet Christmas Carol. Bob Hoskins had to be the straight man. He had to be the straight man through this because if you're dealing with Roger, you can't try you can't trade Roger joke for joke. 
So you got to have a straight man. And most of those classic comedy duos had straight men. Bud Abbott was the straight man to Lou Costello. I mean, it's just you've got to have someone for the funny people to play off of. Um, and I mean, look, I would argue there are a few sex symbols in the 1980s greater than Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Realistically, I mean, and just how well she's drawn to look. So you really believe she is a human tune in love with a rabbit and that it works. You make that yeah. connection. And it's just yeah. now. Yes. Okay. So Pete, you were the one that loved this. So I'm actually going to start this next question with you. What about this movie should be dipped? What should be gotten rid of? So I'll be honest. Cause I, I kind of went back to what I, what I didn't care for initially. And I still don't really love this part of this aspect of it. I mean, I get them, but I don't, I don't really think the weasels work very well. Um, myself. Yes, you need the sidekicks, the 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 sidekicks that work for the villain, and uh, you know, do his bidding, and they're also incompetent. That's always right. That's always the case. That you know, Horus and Jasper mm -hmm. from Cruella, and um, you know, from One Hundred One Dalmatians, and we can you know the uh, hyenas in Lion King, but like, I don't know. They were just like. I don't know. I just found them. I just found them more annoying than I found them entertaining. Um, so they're 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 my my biggest gap in this movie. They are um, legitimately from Disney movies, right? They're they're actually from the Wind in the Willows. The Willows. So if you if you go to California and ride Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, you will see some of the weasels in that ride. Um, but not certainly not a popular <laughs> Disney movie. Um, I would have, I would have taken that and done a twist on it somehow, and had those characters be characters that are like lovable in animation. I don't, I don't know who I would pick. You know, an example might be like have them be the Seven Dwarfs or something actually, like Pete, that, where you think of them as being lovable. But they were actually supposed to be the Seven what? Dwarfs originally. There were supposed to be seven weasels with. Oh silly names so that was the original plan but then they cut it back to like the three or four weasels so interesting you said that <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm just saying like someone that you wouldn't expect to be bad guys three little that would have been a better gag oh pig um, but and i said I, I don't know that disney would have done do the three little pigs as the yeah. cops you know so <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, um, other than that, though, this movie is there's not much to complain about in this movie. I just I just can't. There's there's nothing really even like the degree of sexism that's in it. To me, it's appropriate for a movie that's set in the 40s because, you know, that's this is that's that time period. So you're not, um, you know, and I mean, it's yeah, it's paid, played for laughs or whatever, but it's still like. It, it it works in the story so I don't even really complain about that the way I would in some more modern movies that took place in the eight, that took place in the 80s but Steve you got anything else um I'd just say some scenes sort of are outdated today's standards the one that comes to my mind is um the scene with the bullets that the cartoon bullets that he fires sort of near the end of the movie um mm. that one I was went Ooh. Um, and then, like you said, probably some of um, Baby Herman's comments that he makes of sort of just where you look at today's standards are a little bit more sexist. But again, if you look at the style of the movie, the film noir, it sort of fits in. So, but I don't see much wrong with it. Like it held up. I didn't, like I said before, I didn't feel like I was watching a movie from 1988. That's fair. Yeah, Steve, I'd agree with you on the bullets. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd agree with you because yeah. there's one where it's, you know, the, the old Native American pulls out the tomahawk yes. and chops up the bottle type thing. Yeah. 
that's yeah. the one bullet I really had a problem with. The rest of them, though, are the old, and they're the old voices of those old actors. It's the same yeah. actors that are the old cowboys in Back to the Future 3 are the ones that voiced the bullets. And it's those were all, that was Strother Martin and all those different character actors of, they played the old, you know, the darly darn. So they were those old cowboy characters. Um, little, we we've talked about the animation. There are there were a couple times where I really noticed that sometimes the paint didn't get completely put on the cells, and you could see through the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, one time in particular is you can see the edge of the stage as Jessica walks by in one scene on in her song. And there's a couple other, and they, I noticed they were mostly with Jessica, where it's like they something happened. They couldn't get her dress quite all the way colored. Well, I think her dress was supposed to be see through, so but you were supposed to be able to see. But but you're right; it didn't. It still wasn't perfect. It, right? Yeah, as you can see, it come through her. I would also say, after having watched this more than once, the second half is by far better than the first half. Um, it, it's much. I think the second half is much more entertaining than the second, than the first half. Um, to me, this is slow until Roger shows up in Eddie's apartment, and it's. And I would even argue until Judge Doom shows up in the bar. Up till then, yes, I understand why why you have to have the setup, but from where Judge Doom set, shows up to the end doesn't feel like 45 minutes. The first 45 minutes kind of feel like 45 minutes, if that makes sense. Um, so just some of that pacing, the, I said, I understand the setup, but if you've seen it more than once or more than three or four times, it's just one of those, come on, get to the good stuff. And, and, and to me, it affects the rewatchability a little bit. Like, this used to actually be on TV some occasionally. And I would, it would depend on where it was in the movie as if I'd pick it up or not. So, and there's other movies like that as well. There's definitely other movies like that as well. So Kate, anything else, anything you didn't really like or anything I'm totally wrong on? Well, I would just like to say that a movie that is not like that is the 1994 classic starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, which would be called Sleepless in Seattle. I would like to let it be known that you can start that movie anywhere in it, jump in anywhere in it, and it is a masterpiece. You know why you can start it anywhere? Because nothing happens. Because it's great. Because every part is cinema gold. Um, So... I I don't I kind of like Pete where I'm like I don't really have a lot of criticism. I do think that people watching this need to know it's not a kids movie because Judge Doom is terrifying. Like when he does that <laughs> smile thing, and then and then when it comes out that he's a tune, and he has the freaky eyes and the fr- y'all. Like I was watching this and I was like, oh yeah, this movie did terrify me as a child. This and Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. All three of those. You don't really have any any recourse on Beetlejuice. You knew that was going to be scary. True. But um, other than, but I mean, Christopher Lloyd played it perfectly. So I can't even say that as a negative because he played the villain just so well sure sure the 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 whole oh that's not as bright um the whole women being being giant sex symbols it's not great but it works for this movie because if they didn't but if they didn't treat jessica rabbit that way it wouldn't work if they didn't like it wouldn't it wouldn't make jessica rabbit jessica rabbit so i don't i I think this movie is so well done. I I would agree with you, Derek, that it does pick up the pace toward the end. Um, but I, yeah, I don't have a lot of negative to say. I think it's I think it's so well done. That's fair. So right. I I would argue against Derek 
Of course. That I, well, and that I agree that the early part of the movie is slower paced, but that's the part of the movie that is more um, film noir to film noir, which is not always, I mean, those movies were not necessarily fast paced movies. It was all about mood and mystery and everything like that. And I, I really enjoy examples of film noir. Like what are some, um, yeah, to have or have not. Um, With Casablanca. Citizen Kane. No, Casablanca. No, Casablanca really. isn't really a noir. Uh, Double Indemnity any, is a great noir. Or um, any like Alfred Hitchcock movies, film noir. Uh, Rear Window. I'm almost. just trying. I, yeah, Rear Window, kind of, but not really. Um, but um, after film noir, for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I black and white, but ba- basically, and, and film noir isn't even right. It's really, it's really like the, uh, uh, as Derek said, the Humphrey Bogart like detective movies, Raymond Chandler, and that type of thing, which were often part of film noir. But like that hard boiled detective, so like James Cagney, it all and kind of, yeah, some of yeah. those kind of, yeah, some, yeah. Yeah, Maltese Falcon is a okay. perfect example. If you haven't, if you haven't seen, and and this goes for I Kate, but anywhere else out there, if you have not seen Maltese Falcon, it's an amazing movie. It's a yes. great, great tight mystery mystery movie. Great better. movie. The book is better. And I did read that they based the script more not on the book that this is supposed to be adapted from, but from Chinatown. Yes, they did. Yeah, so Chinatown's another. Great yes. noir. So I think that yeah. they uh so the writer said that's sort of they based oh, the wait. film on. Wait, wait, wait. Uh was it Werewolf by Night? Is that what we watched? Was that, was that film noir. noir? Yes, that was that was a yes. film okay. noir type show. They, they yeah. definitely okay. had some film noir in that too. Yeah. 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 Film noir is all about lighting okay. and mood. And this this didn't quite have as much of that. That's why I said it's to call it film noir is probably not right, but it's definitely like 40s detective um homage so to speak and and so i think that okay. early part of the movie is more that and yes it's not as exciting or repeatable but i still find it mm-hmm. enjoyable i don't i don't get tired of any part of this movie i've i've seen it i saw it a dozen times when i was younger when my daughter was old enough to watch it she and I have watched it a dozen times and um, you know, we both, and that's, you know, another comment too. She's, she's 19. She probably first saw it when she was like 14 or 15 and, and she loves it. And, you know, (laughs) and we also, we also have like a modern day comparison to not positively compare this to, but the recent Chippendale rescue Rangers movie was kind of trying to be this a little bit. And it failed miserably. And it it didn't it didn't work. Yeah. So, so can you think um, of any movie that's kind of like this that did work though? No. In fact, there was another movie at the same time, a couple years after this, that came out called Cool World. That is horrible. <laughs> and it tried to do this. I don't know if I don't know if Steve remembers that movie. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> the only other one that you might remember. The only other one that comes close that you might remember would be Space Jam. I love Space Jam. I love Space Jam. That is a really good point. That's another yeah. cinema class. That's not on Disney. It's not Disney Plus. No, that's like Warner Brothers. Taste level. <laughs> also, listen. I I love anything Michael Jordan though. So, yeah. Okay. It's. Right. I, I'll agree in that it's combination of live action, live action yeah. and yes. animation and it mostly works I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it at the same level as this but no 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 but it's yeah you want one from that similar time period that tried to do this it's space right space. Yeah. yes and Disney turned Warner Brothers down Warner Brothers supposedly asked Disney to use characters and Disney said no and Disney said flat out no yeah yeah, yeah, so they, so they they were able they're okay with taking Warner Brothers characters, but no, you can't have Mickey. Well, but you do you do notice in this movie the Warner Brothers characters all get very small scenes, right? Right. Yeah, they're they're not they're they're in there enough so that you see so you them, know. but they're not major. It, none of the roles are major. Which an interesting fact on that you'll notice 
that some of the Warner Brothers characters don't look quite right. What I'm thinking of is the Bugs Bunny. It's, you know, that's not the Bugs Bunny you you think of when you think of Bugs Bunny, because that's how Bugs Bunny was drawn in the 40s. And Warner Brothers insisted, no, you need to do a modern Bugs Bunny. So Disney said, okay. And they showed him the preview film with all modern look characters. And then they put out the film with the old look characters. Yeah, this uh, like Donald but Mickey was Mouse was not old. No, but the Bugs Bunny, you'll notice he, it wasn't the Bugs Bunny from the Daffy Duck. Right. It right. wasn't, you know, Daffy's bill was longer. Yeah. Than, it was definitely the old school Daffy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. With, with, with the hair almost flowing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, so this was a movie directed by Robert Zemeckis. Now, Steve, I'm going to start with you. This was such a groundbreaking movie in 1988, but is this Robert Zemeckis' best work? Oh, I've gone back and forth on all this. Not Pinocchio. No, 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 no. That's not the bottom. (laughs) Um, I have gone back and forth between this and then Back to the Future. And it's hard because Back to the Future has the three, and I, I sort of blend those all together. Um, oh, it's so tough because this is so groundbreaking. Um, I'd say it's up there. I'd say for me, it's a tie between that first Back to the Future. I'd say one, possibly Back to the Future three, and then this, because I look at the other ones, and I'm just going with here because... I'm going to go actually with, yes, this is best because how it's just held up. Because I look at these other movies, I don't think they've held up as long. Like after 35 years watching this, it still holds up. And it's still amazing. Look at the technical things they had to do to pull it off when you realize there's no CGI. So I'm going to say, yes, this is probably his best work that he's ever done. Noting that you didn't even mention Forrest Gump. so I didn't care for Forrest Gump. Okay. You took mine, Derek. You took mine. No, I'm not saying Forrest Gump was better than this. I'm not saying that at all. Kate, you can still have that one. But I think this is probably his in his top three. I think it's this, Back to the Future 1, and Forrest Gump. I And I would honestly put this tied with the first Back to the Future. Um, just because I think, and you think you have to set the first Back to the Future separate, I have a problem with counting sequels as the best movie of something just because without the previous stuff, you don't have the good movies, whereas that original movie has to stand by itself. So I have a hard time saying sequels are the better work. You know, it may be the more entertaining work as far as an overall better work. I'm going to say no, this is not his best work because I'm on board with Kate. Um, I think just as far as a story, as far as what he had to do with the directing, because realistically, this one, without Bob Hoskins being able to visually simulate where Roger was, which interesting, do you know who they wanted to, who their original pick was that they could not get on the phone for Eddie Valiant? I do know. Kate? Mm. Can I take a guess? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 80s comedy. No. Oh. Bill Murray. 80s comedy. Yeah. Bill Murray. Oh. And when he and when he heard that he was because it came out. I on was going to say Cosby. No, Bill Murray. Uh, Ooh, that would have been that, awful. That would have been horrible. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Anyway. <laughs> um, Roger Rabbit, we're gonna go down to the cellar and do things. I got some jello for you, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> but Bill Murray didn't even realize that until they saw an interview that yeah, Bill Murray was our first choice. Like ten years later, apparently when he heard that, he just sat up and just screamed because he's so. He says, "I would have taken this movie. I would have taken this movie in a heartbeat." So, but. And it would have been phenomenal with him as well, I think. It couldn't have played the straight man as well. It would have been a totally it, different movie. because It would have been a very different movie. I'm not saying it wouldn't be good because he's very good, but... But it would um, not have been... It would not have been the film noir 
presentation because you wouldn't have had the dark, grisly Bob Hoskins character. Yeah. So, Derek, I think that's why this is his best because he got the actors. When you sit there, you can tell that um, Bob Hodgson's Eddie Valent is actually looking at Roger Rabbit. It doesn't seem like like he's looking at a blank there. And you know, if you watch the documentary, they showed how they sort of pulled that off. But right, um, but even in that same documentary, even Robert Zemeckis says, "I don't know how he did this." I don't know how he focused his eyes where they needed to be. So to me, that's not Robert Zemeckis. That's Bob Hoskins. So Kate kind of had a preview, but so for you, what is his best work? So the thing, and I think I'm going to get a lot of boo. No, that's not true. Um, In my opinion, how do you compare back to the future to the polar express? Like oh, oh, oh um um so you're saying Polar Express is better? Hang on, no, no. But I'm saying, how do you compare the two? Because they're both That's great. What we do, but for totally different <laughs> reasons. I love the Polar Express. It's one of my favorite holiday movies. But um, this is hard because I think that this movie is so innovative. And it's man, I look like Two Face right now. Um, it's so innovative, and it's so, um, it's just so. I want to say ahead of its time, but it's not even ahead of its time. It's like of its own time. That I would agree with Derek. I think this is in the top three, and I think that Forrest Gump and um, Back to the Future are right there because they're both all three of those are so great but for such different reasons um yeah so i i would agree with Derek that it's those it's those three but this is so. not for me this is not the top one so um i mean in my opinion forrest gump is so good it's so it's so sad but it's so it just it's so quotable and it's you just fall so in love with him. I, mean, I know Steve, you don't like Forrest Gump, I know. But it's um and I I I mean in my eyes, Tom Hanks can kind of do no wrong. I really hope that there's never a scandal involving Tom Hanks because I just okay. think that he's great. Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only yeah, but, uh, decent thing he about was the that only movie. Good part of it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't suck. The cat sucked. A whole movie thing. Everything terrible. else sucked, but yeah, he was he so, was not but he the was great. The but, so now it kind of if you look back through, if you look back through all of his movies, though, he's used Tom Hanks a lot. Yeah, a lot of his movies yeah. have Tom Hanks in them. I, so, I, it's tough. Forrest Gump is a a really really good new movie. It's not my favorite. I would have a hard time putting this ahead of Back to the Future, but I was just at the right age when Back to the Future came out. It Back to the Future is, even though I enjoy the sequels, the original is a far superior movie to the sequels. Yeah, so I don't, I don't like comparing that. I actually like Back to the Future three a lot. I don't know why. Two is terrible. Two is two is not very good. Two two is two is everything wrong with time travel movies, and one is everything right with time travel movies. But, but. <laughs> two actually features the tunnel from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, the, yeah, it's the, the tunnel. When when we went to L.A. several years ago, I had to go and find that tunnel because of <laughs> because of this movie and 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 Back to the Future. It's not that hard to find. It's in Griffith Park. So okay. Um. Anyways. Uh, I would probably put Back to the Future as my favorite. Um, I would probably put this second, and quite honestly, third. I would, if it wasn't for the last ten minutes of the movie, I would probably say Castaway because I think Castaway Whoa. is so good until you get to the last Wilson. ten minutes of the movie. So no, I'd put Castaway above Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. But wow. I wouldn't I wouldn't if it wasn't for the 
that that movie fails at the end of the movie, but it's oh my god, god so good for three quarters, eighty uh, percent of the movie, um, and that's really, you know, well, and 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 to your point, this movie, it's a lot of it's. I mean, it's good direction, but like the animators got to be given so much credit for oh, yeah. making this movie work. And I, I know he was involved with that too, but um, you know, lots of, I don't know. He's, he's, he's made some great movies over the years. Um, I would, we would probably have a fight about polar express because I, that movie creeps me the hell out. I'm, okay. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Against one. So yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I love yeah. that movie. But thank about when it came out and how young our young and on the panel is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, under, I understand it. I understand. I it. love it's, that movie. I'm, and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying like the, and the animation at the time is. Uh, it's <laughs> it, I, it, yeah. It's that just motion capture stuff. is just, yeah. There, there's some great stuff in that movie. There's I, I I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there, Kate, but it's, not and 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 all credit to Zemeckis like he basically turned his back on live action movies for 10 years and he made uh Beowulf uh the Pull Express and then that uh Jim Carrey horrible Christmas Carol movie uh and I remember seeing Beowulf in the theaters because I loved Robert Zemeckis so much and that movie isn't good either so I would I would totally agree Polar of the three Polar Express is is by far the best, but yeah, only and I get I why say, it's a classic. So, yeah, only thing I will say, and the only thing I'll say in defense of the Christmas Carol is that it actually follows very, very close to the original story, because the original story is actually not that great either. <laughs> but um, it's interesting, though. We talked about the animation. There was a special Oscar given for this picture to the animation director Richard Williams. So. Yeah, and if you remember when we watched um, Waking Sleeping Beauty, right? Mm-hmm. There was there was discussion in that that at the time, um, all the best animators were assigned to Roger Rabbit and, and not Little Mermaid, um, and not Little Mermaid, <laughs> so. and really not Rescuers Down Under. But yeah, okay, so. In this, this is one of the very, 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 very few times, if not only time, that the characters from Warner Brothers and the characters from Disney and the Fleischer Studios and all those other small studios from the early 1900s came together. Kate, I'm going to start with you. Who is your, what is either your favorite non-Disney cartoon or who is your favorite non-Disney character? In this movie? No, just in general. Animated. Can I go last? Sure. Pete. <laughs> um, okay, Pete, you go. Okay. Uh Coyote and Roadrunner. They're barely in this, but if I'm if I'm going non-Disney, I love the Coyote and Roadrunner shorts. They're all so kind of the same, but just such brilliant silent comedy. Um just 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 great stuff. Um and so anything with the Coyote and Roadrunner, I would I would put as my favorite and you can't, you can't not love bugs money. So I'll, he'll, he'll, he's number two or number three, I guess that would be Steve. Um, for the ones that was actually Roger of it, I had to go with troopy dog. I thought his scene with the elevator was hilarious. Um, I think they were supposed to be in it and they got cut or they didn't quite get the rights, but it would be Tom and Jerry. Cause I loved watching Tom and Jerry growing up. Tom and Jerry got cut from this. Mm-hmm. There was okay. To be I knew there was something that got cut because there's supposed to be a funeral scene. I think that they were yeah. supposed to be in, but Droopy Dog, guess okay. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think uh, Coyote and Roadrunner were in the last shot. Like, I think in the probably, last scene, almost everybody was in that last scene. Yeah. So, um, for me, the pinnacle of cartoons are e- is either duck amuck with daffy and Bu- with bugs tormenting daffy or the elmer fudd daffy duck bugs bunny duck rabbit duck type 
duck season, season, season once. Duck season, yeah. There's about four, four, four or five of those. To me, those are the ones that, I mean, Pete, don't get me wrong. I love Run, Roadrunner, and Coyote, but as you said, they're a lot. Realistically, you could splice them all together and you wouldn't know that it wasn't all the same cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> to a point, a couple of them do have running gags throughout. Mm-hmm. But um, just as far as laughter, it's got to be the when Bugs and Daffy get on the same screen together. Um, think even like when there's the genie, uh, when they go find the Alibaba and the genie, or I mean, it's probably Bugs Bunny because think Bugs in the Bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think Bugs in the Opera Singer. Just the irreverence of Bugs. I was going to go, if we're going to just talk favorite cartoon, I'm going to go with Rabbit of Seville. That's a good one. Favorite cartoon, I got to go Duck Amok. So. Okay. Hey. Well, I'm going to go from a completely different time era. Because <laughs> we're old. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, the Rugrats. The Rugrats. Rugrats is a good show. Rugrats is a great Mm. show. And just, yeah, I loved the Rugrats when I was a kid. Um, I love the Rugrats now. Um, So, yeah, probably the Rugrats. Um, I'm not a huge SpongeBob fan, but SpongeBob has some very, very funny moments. Um, But, yeah, I think... Of my favorite cartoons, it's probably the Rugrats. I'll tell you, Kate, I watched the Rugrats when it was on and I was in my like 20s at the time. (laughs) And I and I watched many episodes of the Rugrats because I thought that show was pretty solid, both for kids, but also as an adult that it had enough. Yeah. And I will say that I was not allowed to watch Rugrats growing up just like i was not allowed to watch the simpsons growing up i wasn't um, allowed to watch Simpsons. why were you not allowed to watch rugrats uh no i was uh, i could have been allowed to i just didn't want to watch rugrats rugrats oh, okay. just, it did not appeal to me i was not allowed to watch simpsons growing up um i wasn't allowed to either because you have to remember we are from the uh buckle i'm from the buckle of the bible belt right <laughs> so and it's just the early simpsons were terrible the early Simpsons were terrible and vulgar, and like some of the ones on the Tracy Ullman show. Yes, oh, yeah, <laughs> were horrible. Yes. So, okay, as we always do, you guys, this has been fun talking about some stuff that you know. The, I love to pull in the connections that we do with these as we go through these old movies. But we always relate rate movies out of five cups of pixie dust, with five being the best. Kate, cups of pixie dust on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a 4.5. But I keep trying to think about what, why I would knock 0.5 off. And I don't, I don't have a reason. So, a, but a five, that's like, that's some serious stuff. Oh, go 4.5, but I might change it to five. 4.5. So I'm giving it a five because to me, any movie that I can will, you know, as I disagree with Derek, I would sit if you, if you, I watched it three days ago. If you told me tonight, you want to go down and sit down and watch Robert Roger Rabbit. I would watch it again. Five stars. Uh Oh, Uh -oh. I I have to go with four. I don't care what you pick. I I, I, I have to go with four. I mean, I really enjoy it, but five is that, I guess that truly, truly love it. I enjoy it. I'll watch it again. I'm going to go with a four. And, and because of my split opinion between the second half and the first half, I'm going to go with three and a half. So, oh, Derek. Wow. You gave it a, I sorry, thought you were going to give it a three. True. No, I gave it a three. I thought you were going to give it a three. I love the second half of this movie. That's the that's the whiskey talking, Derek. You can have your own opinion, <laughs> even when it's wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, have you not been on this show for the last two years? You know I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> so I'm never wrong. Okay. Now, speaking of things that have gone except for Slips in Seattle. 
Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a masterpiece. Besides Sleepless in Seattle. Let's bring Gina in for Mandalorian season three. Yay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are this was Mandalorian chapter 22. The search for a meaning and plot. Um so in this one, big stories are trying to reunite them. It is cameo central in this show. Which I'll talk about here in a little bit, but Gina, I'm gonna let and Bo-Katan has gets the dark saber and is uniting <laughs> because finally and, and as I kind of predicted because she had beat the one who had beat Mando. And I had said yep. this a couple episodes ago. Yeah, you did. So and it was accepted. So Gina, Mandalorian chapter 22. Are we are we improving at all? Okay. I just have to say. I can stop watching now because the thing I wanted to happen happened. It's like done. Can the rest um, of us? Yeah. So I'm like, what are they going to do? Are they going to bring back? They're going to bring back that boring Dr. Prushing stupid thing where they wiped his brain. They have that. The brain, the mind wipe guy. Oh, clearly bring back Moff Gideon. Some Moff point Gideon, here. probably the last episode. They're going to the next one. I don't know what they're going to do with Grogu. He still can't talk. He was just in this episode for cuteness with Lizzo. I was like, this is so. This is so he was dumb. just in this episode or the whole series. The for whole se- well, no, when he was when he was battling that kid, that was the best thing he's done the whole season was battle that kid with his little that little battle part. Everything else, what are they going to do? They're going to make a helmet for him that has like the ears. I wonder who that is. Like, it's just, I just can't. And, um, and that's not very aerodynamic when he starts to fly. Right. So, so with that jetpack. So then I'm like, okay, is Grogu going to be the Mandalorian? Is he going to fight Bo-Katan? I know he's not, but it's like, I just keep thinking, what are they going to do now that the, like my true ending was Bo is the Mandalorian done. Let's be done. So that those are my two things. I don't know. And the armor is she what is she gonna do with Grogu? That's like the next finishing touch. That's my opinion. So no, this is this is the worst season. And I think the Grogu thing needs to end. Like I'm done with him. Can we just focus on Man- the Mandalorians now? So that's my opinion. Um, so as someone who had not watched this movie show sorry uh religiously i did watch this episode and i liked it this wasn't bad i was not looking forward to watching this um sorry screaming children um but it wasn't bad it it kept me i was able to follow it i knew who everybody was loved the cameos shout out to you christopher lloyd i said christopher walken christopher lloyd um lizzo was great jack black so Jack Black, everything Jack Black touches oh. is gold. He's so funny. Um, I thought it was great. I don't particularly want to keep watching it. <laughs> and, you know, I actually it's funny because I messaged Derek about this. Why is it so much easier for me to get into Marvel than it is Star Wars? Because in both people have different like alien races and all the stuff. There's different planets. There's different missions. There's a whole bunch of different important people. I cannot figure out why it is easier for me to get into Marvel and I just can't get into Star Wars. Kate, and it bothers it, me because I want to get into Star Wars. You have watched almost all of Marvel and so therefore know every, get all the inside jokes and there's so much Star but Wars. But I tried that with Star Wars. But I tried that with Star Wars and I, I could not get through Clone Wars. It's it's Can just what appeals to you. Um, yeah, it's just different. Yeah. It's hero. It, no, this Thank is the hero's said. journey. So it's like if you're really into like the Odyssey and hero's journey, yeah. I feel like these are like hero journeys. So and, they're very and, long. And Gina and said out. it. Like you're you're watching this this season. Like you're kind of picking up the show with the season. The season isn't very good. <laughs> um, yeah, I I did enjoy this episode. Like you did. Like you said, Kate. I kind of enjoyed the cameos, even though they, it sort of pulls you out of the star wars universe a little bit though the christopher lloyd one it took me a while to realize it was him because he's like so old now but um yeah he didn't have the crazy hair (laughs) no (laughs) well when i say a little while to be like a minute i'd be like i was like is that really is that him oh my god it's him um whereas jack black and lizzo you're like oh geez (laughs) you can't miss him uh but 
I mean, part of the show, even the first two seasons, were all these side missions that he would have to be, go on. And this was totally side mission city here. There was, you know, you have to you have to you have to defeat this objective in order to get to your actual objective. So um, this felt more like the Mandalorian of previous seasons. I loved that his hatred of droids came back and he, you know, just he's like Bo's like, okay, now take it easy. Don't get crazy. And then he's just like kicking the droids and everything. So I enjoyed this episode. Season is still not great. I'm just happy that it's going to wrap up in two more episodes. So, <laughs> yes, I did. I have to say, I did like the Ignat when he could talk to them. That was, I did like that. You had to know that he could talk to Ignats. I did like that part. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I liked the episode. It to me had that um, Alice in Wonderland sort of feel, especially near the end when she was playing um, croquet or whatever game it was. Yeah. Um, Grogu was helping her win. Um, um, I did think about it as when she got the um, dark saber. I couldn't remember who said it that someone predicted that correct. So it was Derek. I couldn't remember it was Derek or Pete, yeah. but um, it was Derek. Um, I did like reading that Lizzo, I did read about Lizzo, how she's actually a Star Wars fan and she was so excited to actually be part of the universe. So I'm glad they're picking people who truly appreciate it. So she was very excited to be part of that. Um, yeah, I'm curious where where it's going next. That's exciting. Um, I think Pete nailed it on the head. Derek hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Hates it, I tell you. Hey, <laughs> are we finished? <laughs> no, you're not. Okay. Never. <laughs> to me, the cameos yanked me, especially the fact that there were so many in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's well, the Jack Black three. and Liz ones. Well, no, but those fine. Have those be your cameos for this episode, or have Christopher Lloyd be your cameo for this episode? You. Don't have all, especially when you haven't had big celebrity cameos up to this point. Yeah, why don't they often be in the same episode? Yeah, so, true. um, I don't know. It again gave me some sense of satisfaction to know that I had predicted that that's how she was going to get the dark saber. But gosh, I just want this season to be done, and really, I want this show to be done. Um, yeah, it's 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 so sad because I I really did love the first two seasons of this show so much the the especially the first season that came out of the gate oh god like, at the start of Disney Plus and I was just first five minutes of that first episode I was like I am into this and the first two seasons were so good and then Book of Boba Fett was mostly horrible and oh we lost Kate um we'll be back. And then uh, the um, this is I I would say still a little better than Book of Boba Fett because that was really bad. Um, but I this is the season's been just very inconsistent. Um, you know it, uh, Mando. I guess he's still a central character, but he almost feels like a side character. And, and, and actually, um, is it? Favreau does this does this set he has actually said Mando is no longer the Mandalorian because it has to be Bo but I'm afraid they're right. going to make Rogu and I'm so I'm going to be so upset if that's what happens I don't yeah this <laughs> no I don't I don't think so because he's just he's just no. there for laughs and cuteness cute, I'm hoping I'm hoping they don't make him wear that helmet yeah. with the ears <laughs> okay I understand Disney has an excuse me I understand Star Wars has an issue with original villains because they can't have original villains, apparently. Be- but do we really need Moff Gideon back? Does it really have to be him? No, it doesn't. Because there's anybody else. There are so many other bad guys coming down the pipe. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Invent a new one. Invent a new bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do only yeah, because are they trying to tie these in to the Kathleen Kennedy's. I'm very I disappointed know. in the season. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one good. So, um, since Kate has, oh, there's 
Kate. Kate okay, is back. Timing. Kate is coming back up. Perfect timing. Okay. <laughs> and Kate, we are ready for the Disney Plus news. What do we got this week? Besides uh, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Disney Plus News. The final trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy came out this week. The film premieres at the end of the month. We also have Star Wars Visions Season 2 released trailer with the season being released on May 4th. This series features short standalone Star Wars stories from animation studios around the world. Didn't we already have something like, oh, it's a season two? Season two. Season one was um, all anime. That's and cool. this one, I think, is not. more... Yeah. <laughs> Got it. And last but certainly not least, Ahsoka debuted a trailer this week, giving a peek at what will potentially be the plot for the season. Okay, Gina. You know, Gina. What are we okay. going to have to see in order to understand Ahsoka? All right. So this is very Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, the animated series forward. So as I'm watching you see a lot of characters from that cartoon, from that animated series. You have Chopper, the droid. You have Hera. She drives the ghost. You have the ghost. That is the ship. You have Sabine. She is a Mandalorian. And you have... <laughs> <laughs> and you have Thrawn, who's the next big bad, who's part of the um, Empire, Empire, Old, old Republic. Not in yeah. Smile. Yes. So... It's Rebels, and then Pete said that he listened to Dave Filoni, who created it, say, you need to see Season 4, Episode 10. So I looked it up, and I just think you need to watch Season 4, Episode 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, until you're done. So, because that last that last episode is what the whole Ahsoka is going to be about. That's my yeah, Kate, I'm kind of with you on that one. <laughs> I'm also kind of feeling that about the new the Peter Pan and Wendy trailer that came out. That but Rebels is so good. Rebels is really good. They, right, Pete? So for any of you... <laughs> Rebels, ahead, Rebels go is so good. Rebels is really good. It's not a slog. I, I was just, never I was just, bored. There's yeah. no boring plots. There's no side missions. Yeah. The side missions tie in, even if there is one. You see Vader. So... um. If anyone following along at home is like, hey, I wonder where Kate and Casey are in their Marvel uh, journey. We have gotten past the snap. <laughs> Thanos is no longer. Um, thank you. We have, um, we just got into Loki. We are re-watching Loki. And it makes way more sense when you have recently watched all of the things. Much more sense. Um, and after Loki comes either What If or WandaVision, and I'm very excited. So we're halfway through Loki, trucking along, doing great. We're going on. It, if we make it to the end of the year, it will be two years that it has taken us to get through all of it. Yeah, you're welcome. Gina, did I miss a segue somewhere? Yeah, and you you actually had to watch. You actually had to watch more stuff than a Star Wars fan would have to watch to watch all the Star Wars stuff. Because you watched all the TV shows too, which there's a lot more of those. I for did, Marvel. but uh, but if you think about all of the shows that are with Star Wars, I think that it would pull a close, close. Cl I think it would be close. I think there's more movies. No, that's not true. There's more. We should do a side by side comparison. You get the Clone movies. Wars. Yeah, there's only, only there's nine. eleven Star Wars movies and there's like thirty Marvel movies. Yeah, so that nine, one isn't even close. And, two, and yeah, eleven. There's well, admittedly the Clone Wars is way too many hours. That's that's ten seasons but, or something crazy. Uh, yeah, but if you, I, I, you know, anyway, that's and that's yeah, this well, is that like the Disney Plus seasons, lose? But there's like 140 and episodes that's the of Clone Plus Wars. News. So, okay, and that's yeah. the Disney Plus news. Wow, for those of you who are following so. along. I have no idea where we just were the last five minutes. So, um, <laughs> so next week, Derek nodded off. Jeremy Renner's new series, Renovations, um, oh, where and this was filmed before his accident, but this is essentially he's going to be taking old public use vehicles, think buses and those kind of things, and making them into. Vehicles that will benefit communities. Think ambulances, think mobile libraries, think that kind of thing. So 
that's what this the, the entire series i think there's four episodes four or five episodes come out this comes out this week so that's what we'll be watching for next week um, and if you haven't watched his interview with Diane Sawyer about his accident, if you didn't think he was a good dude before, go watch that interview because he's a really freaking good dude and it he should not have survived. It's fascinating. He is a real superhero. He really is. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Um, for those of you wanting to get ahead a little bit on our episodes, the next episode where we're going to be watching something that is not being new re- released, we will be doing the Muppet movie in uh, middle of May. The original Muppet movie. So if you're wanting to get a little bit ahead, like Kate did this week, um, going to be watching that sometime middle of May. Guys, if you have suggestions on what we need to watch, we've got some gaps in July, August timeline at this point. Please email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com or if you want to tell us how wrong we are or how wrong everybody else is and how much you agree with me, Yes, for the record, <laughs> I have gotten a couple of those emails. And how good Star Wars is. <laughs> You've got an email <laughs> that you're wrong? No, I've got an email that I'm right <laughs> and everyone else was wrong. <laughs> Your Star wife Wars doesn't count. Ed, stop sending those emails. <laughs> no, it was Ed. <laughs> Star Wars is the best. So, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of us. Thank you for listening along. We wouldn't do this if you guys weren't out there. For Gina, Pete, Steve, and Kate, Thank you so much, and we will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thanks for watching this week's episode of the Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to the Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcast and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to the Plus Platoon channel, where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.